Welcome to Top 5 with Joey Casada. Starring Joey Casada. Team Jesus, my friend. No! Am I walking around, Park? Co-starring Ernie Palooza. And the doctor, Tommy Snyder. Goddamn. Now here's your host, Joey Casada. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Top Five. I'm your host, Joey Casada. And I'm Joey Casada's manager. <laughs> you, you know what? At one point, you were kind of my manager, you were playgrounds quasi manager slash mascot which eventually caused the breakup of the band unfortunately am i right or wrong you're right that i was the manager you're wrong that i caused a breakup of the band well here are the circumstances let's let's let the viewers decide the circumstances playgrounds going strong we're on fire we're doing everything right ernie's at every rehearsal he's the manager he's running things the first rehearsal he ever misses what happens? Broke up. I was glue. <laughs> What's happening? So we got we got a great, great show today. I hope everyone enjoyed the Twilight Zone uh, episode from last week. Today's a good one. Today's a fun one. Uh, we came up with it last minute, but I think it's going to be a really good one. We're going to do the top five concerts we've ever attended. Now, I know we got some Ernie rules. He went back and forth a hundred times. What do you got, Ern? Uh, you could only choose each group once. And that is fair because more than likely, my five would be from the same group. <laughs> so, Me too. Probably not the same group as you, though. I was going to say all Kiss, Ern? No, but all, all ba a band that you were in. <laughs> Right, so we're going to only do one from each band. Now, I, I have a, unfortunately I, for you, I have a couple loopholes in this, but you tell me if we're good. The, the honorable mentions, we can do whatever we want. The honorable mentions, we can do the same band. It doesn't matter. The top five, let's do each one unique. Let's yeah. start with you, Burn. What do you got? All right, my number five would be a Dio with Rough Cut from 1986. Ooh, where was this? Uh, I don't remember. I only went to this show because friends were going. I, I'm not even sure if I knew who Dio was at this time. But now, this, this has to be an is this an, this is an arena show? I'm assuming, right? Yeah. He put on a stage show, which I probably never I never even heard of something like this before, where he had two knights fighting this dragon, and the dragon eventually killed them both. And then Dio at the end of the show picks up the sword and does this a uh, turn. And stabs the dragon, and uh, and it was heaven for my sixteen-year-old self. Oh my god, God, that sounds like the perfect concert to me too. Yeah, I didn't even know any of the songs. <laughs> I could see you rolling the dice in the audience. Yeah, hits the dragon. I need a seventeen or above. Dio hits the dragon. This little guy on stage, <laughs> running around. <laughs> he gave little guys all over the world hope that he that you could slay dragons. Absolutely. <laughs> But you don't remember where it was? Any probably Madison Square Garden or something? But you're not sure. 
think we took a car service to Jersey, maybe, I think. You know, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of this thing called Google, where you can actually type in like words and find out information. I've heard of it. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if I got the year right. I'm going to say 1980. <laughs> it was the Sacred Heart tour. Well, do you know what, what year did Sacred Heart come out? I think 86, 85 or 86. <laughs> Good start. I mean, you can't go wrong with a little dragging slaying right on stage with uh, Dio, right? Yep. It's funny. I always, I actually DVR Metal Mania all the time. I think it's, I don't know if it's on MTV. I guess it's on, it's on like some weird late night. Every other video is a Dio video with him with dragons and him with swords and stuff. It's, it's incredible. I don't know why every other video is, it's either Dio or, or a rat. It's funny how uh, people that hate metal, when they want to make fun of it or make a stereotype it, they're really talking about Dio. Oh, with that, the clothing, the, the subject matter, lyric wise, all of it, the wah, all yep. of that. <laughs> Oh, every time I watch Metal Mania in my house, the kid, my kids go crazy and they go, oh, is that Dio again? I said, yeah, it's Dio. <laughs> good start, Ern, good start. Anything significant happen at this show or just who'd you go with? I don't remember. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? All right, I'm the opposite. I have very vivid memories of all my shows. So I'm going to start with my number five, 1987, Bon Jovi at Madison Square Garden on the Slippery One Wet Tour. Now, you know, at this time, Bon Jovi is bigger than bigger than anything in the world. When Slippery went wet, you know, this is this is uh, what what was the day? August second, nineteen eighty seven, summer of nineteen eighty seven. One of my favorite summers of all time. I'm I'm thirteen years old. I didn't even have tickets. So what? I, I again, this is something I vaguely remember. My my good friend and you know them too, the O'Grady's, Brian O'Grady, his brother Vinny, you know Vinny O'Grady, I think. Uh, had tickets to the concert. And I don't know if he won. I don't know what the story was behind it, but somehow he got like 25 tickets to go see Bon Jovi the day of at Madison Square Garden. And so he like asked us, all of us, me and all my friends and all the, his friends, and we all went to see Bon Jovi at Madison Square Garden. Originally, we, we thought they weren't good seats because they were like on the side and stuff. But it turned out because the way the stage was, we were literally hovering right over the stage. It was incredible. It was the closest I'd ever been to a concert at that time. I'd been to concerts before this, but we were so close to Bon Jovi. You know, the excitement that we literally found out that day, you know, we were probably outside riding our bikes or playing football or, or wiffle ball or something. And he came by and said, hey, you guys want to go see Bon Jovi tonight? We were losing our minds. Go see Bon Jovi. Incredible show. Again, Slippery When Wet is the biggest thing in the world at this time. And I remember vividly a funny thing happened after the show. 
So if you remember, you know, all the, all the hallways have the merch people out in the hallways selling T-shirts and this and that and this and that. Another good friend of, of Vinny's, which is a friend of my, my brother's, Jim Whalen. And he tells us all, hey, guys, get ready. We're like, well, get ready for what? And again, remember, I'm 13. So, you know, my brother's friends and all the older kids are like 18. We said, get ready for what? He goes, you'll see. He takes a shirt off the merch stand, holds it up and goes, see ya. And he just starts running down the Madison Square Garden hallway. Now, there's only one guy working the merch booth. So he runs after him. And all of us, everyone at the merch stand is like this. We're looking at each other. We literally dive over the merch stand and everyone just starts grabbing T-shirts and scattering through Madison Square Garden. It was insane, but illegal, but fun. That's, an inc- that's incredible. <laughs> insane. Yeah, that was a good one. Again, all the little stuff that happens during a concert. It's not always the concert that makes it. It's everything else. I, w- I wasn't a Bon Jovi fan, but um, there was a girl that I liked. <laughs> Um, and she invited me, she had an extra ticket and she invited me to see Bon Jovi. This might, this was, um, back when 53rd street was big, where everybody yep. was living there. Sure. So I'm thinking maybe 1991, maybe. Right. And, um, I may believe I was a Bon Jovi fan. <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> if, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. What did you say when Slippery When Wet came out? What was your okay. prediction? I believe I, I, my critique was it will not sell because it just, it wasn't for anybody. It was, uh, <laughs> it was too heavy for the girls and it was, was not heavy and it was too pop for the guys. And my prediction was slightly wrong. You hit that right on the head, Ern. Perfect. <laughs> All right. What do you got? Number four. Uh, number four. One of your favorites, uh, Springsteen, 1984. Really? In, in all fairness though, First concert for me, and your first concert always is going to be way up there. Where was it? Uh, Giant Stadium, oh and this was this was a big deal. Um, like they were, it was all over TV. People were like mortgaging their houses to go to the show, and this was the first time feeling that how uh, the oneness, you you know, like you're all connected and friends with everybody. You know, the the, the concert feeling, of course, but, yeah, particularly when you're a teenager. You got this uh, vibe going on at a concert. Um, it, it went on for like 12 hours, this show. <laughs> but I did leave singing, so it was... <laughs> I've never seen Springsteen live, but this is... Is this the Born in the USA tour? Yeah. I mean, again, he's big. You know, when you go see these bands that are... They're not just popular. They're pop culture phenomenons at this time. Springsteen in 1984 was everywhere. Same thing with Bon Jovi in 1987. They were... You couldn't, even if you didn't like that genre of music, everyone knew them, everyone loved it, everyone wanted to be a part of that. Also, the only time I spent the night um, on the King's Plaza uh, sidewalk to buy tickets. I've done that a couple times, right outside uh, Ticketron, right? Yep. The Ticketron window was the fir- literally the first thing inside the doorway right, right there. I played Frisbee on in the street on Flatbush and Avenue U. That's how... <laughs> I'm talking four in the morning where there was right. no cars because that's a dangerous place to be in the street. 
what a different world, right? Doing sleeping out to get concert tickets. And I, I bet you didn't even get great seats, right? I don't remember. They, I mean, they all seemed great. I was 14 years old. First, I used to be so mad. I used to sleep out for concert tickets. I'd be first or second online. I'd go up there, flop my money down. Give me your best seats. I would always, always be up in the nosebleeds. I don't know what happened. I don't know. Obviously, someone opened up before them and they sold half the tickets. Who the hell knows? Crazy. All right. Nice, nice, nice. My number four. Okay, this is one of my loopholes. I'm going to go with Mr. Ace Fraley at the Beacon Theater. We're talking September 12th, 1st Freely's Comet album is released. Again, obviously, you know, I worship Kiss at this point in my life. Again, I'm th- in 1987, it, it, music is everything to me. I'm 13. It's taking over my life. And, you know, this was the first show that I really got to see one of my idols in a small place. And the Beacon's not small, but I'm used to going to Madison Square Garden and the Meadowlands and all this other stuff. Where, so when I got to, to the Beacon, even though I was on the upper level, we were hanging over the stage kind of. So, you know, I was, we were, we felt like we were pretty close to Ace Freely. And, you know, we just lost our mind. Me and a couple of my friends, Jimmy Price, Eric Earl, my brother, and same guy from before, I think Jim Whalen took us to the show. They drove us. We're 13. I think my brother handed us a, a six pack of the old Budweiser uh, nibs, nips or nibs, whatever the hell they were called, the little ones, right? You always call them nibs. Right. Are they nib? Were they nibs or nips? I always call them, you know, some I think they were called nips. Nibs is the licorice. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Both excellent. Yeah. But we, again, three 13 year olds in the backseat drinking a six pack of nips. We were drunk and we, we went, got into ACA's freely and lost our minds. I, I, I think Y&T opened. Nice. It's a good one. Very memorable. All right, Ern, what do you got? Number three. All right. Uh, ZO2 at New Lemoore's. Ooh. And I believe it's, we're talking 2008. And this is, is Lemoore in Staten Island when they reopened, right? Yeah. yeah, I want to point out that you happen to be a member of this, this band. By the I've way. heard of this band, ZO2. I've heard, I've heard of them. Um, you know, I'm a very loud person, first of all. <laughs> and drunk. I'm somehow even louder. Everybody is screaming at a show. It's just what everybody does. 
but I don't think everybody's screaming that they can sing better than the person on stage. Um, well, I did. <laughs> and the singer heard me and made me get on stage and show him that I'm better. And um, shockingly, it turned out I'm not. Not only that, I, I, if, if memory serves, you you basically fainted, right? Yeah, well, I think I, I might have lost that oxygen going into my head. This is the first time we're ever going to do this. Come here. We're going to let someone else try it. What do you think? Can you do it? Come on. Luckily enough, I have video of this, this exact moment. I found fairly recently. Uh, I remember this like it was yesterday. Paulie always does a big scream in the middle of one of our songs, Ain't It Beautiful? And of course, Ernie decided he could do it better. He got up there. And I say, I still say he did it better. It might have something to do with Madeline um, keeps giving me um, her tequila drink right before. <laughs> Might have something to do with it too. Yeah, she was always big trouble at the ZO2 shows. That's my wife for everyone watching. Anytime she came to a show, she usually got everyone else drunk. Oh boy, powerful stuff. Powerful. <laughs> no good. But now here's my question. Did you actually enjoy the show or did you love it because you were on stage? Probably both. I mean, I am a attention seeker to say the least. Um, oh, I know. So I'm sure that had a lot to do with it. I mean, it's, um, you remember the live karaoke. Of course. Was, I, I even have pictures of you on stage with me during Kiss Nation. Yeah. And I, I can't explain. I, I have no recollection of. I don't either. And I don't even know what you're doing because we never did a karaoke. Did you just get up and scream too that time? I have no memory of it. <laughs> I've seen the picture and I still have no memory of me. I, I'm the same way. <laughs> All right. Good one. All right, my number three, another loophole. I'm going to go with Paul Stanley live at Lemoore. We're talking February 18th, 1989. This is when, so again, not Kiss, Paul Stanley. This is when Paul did a solo tour in 1989 without Kiss. It was a big, it was a big deal for Kiss fans. Kiss, you know, Still very big, only touring arenas. Paul decided, I'm going to go out with the club band and tour some clubs. And Lemoore was our place to go. You know, I used to go to, I used, especially in 1989, I'm only 15 years old, but somehow I lived at Lemoore every week. I had my brother's fake ID. I saw Skid Row and Badlands and Mr. Big and Warren. And Warren actually opened up for Paul Stanley this night. And Again, now this, as much as I was close to Ace Frehley and, and Bon Jovi, I was the first person up on the stage for Paul Stanley. And I, I stood there for probably, oh my God, it must have been nine, 10 hours. Doors opened, one, two, three, four opening bands. It was so jam-packed. You couldn't move. You were like this. 
I remember I couldn't lift my arm up to do this. My arms were pinned to my side. That's how jam-packed it was. And we were right next to the speaker. But again, you know, I'm 15. It's the time of my life. Incredible seeing Paul Stanley do all of those Kiss songs that up close. Let me ask a question. This, that we all do at, at the concerts. Yes. What is that called? I don't know. I, I, uh, is it fist pumping? That fist, can't be right. I, I guess it's, it, it's, I guess it's, it's fist pumping, but that's like Jersey Shore dancing too, right? <laughs> Yeah. That's really what we're doing, except we're not jumping up and down. We're just going, right? <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> you know why uh, we we dance like that? Why? So, so, so you can find me <laughs> on the dance floor. <laughs> Ernie, where are you? <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's my number. What did I say? Number three, right? What do you got, Ernie? Number two. Number two. Uh, this is a long story, but... Ozzy and Metallica in 1986. All right. In between Ozzy and Metallica, I left for the bathroom. And when I got back, I decided I was going to see if I can get in the front row. <laughs> so if you don't have tickets, this is a long process. So I begin pushing and slithering. And I get to a point where maybe I'm two rows of people standing in front of me. Then I realized I'm trapped in there. You know, you're, you, you can't. You can't even turn your body to go backwards. Um, it's so tight that when you put your arm up to do that heavy metal thing, we're just talking about the, uh, the fist bumping, uh, you can't get your arm back down to your side where you just got, you rested on a person next to you. And we're all doing that. Yeah. We, all, we all have your each other's arms. And I think, I also believe people were peeing freely in up there as well. Uh, I don't want to think about it too much. Were you one of them? <laughs> No. <laughs> and if I was, I wouldn't admit it. <laughs> <laughs> Where is this? Madison Square Garden? Yeah, I think. <laughs> this is, so this is what? Ultimate Sin Tour and what? And Master, Master of Puppets? Yeah. Woo. Crazy. Anyway, here's where it gets uh, interesting. When the show is over, you still need everybody behind you to leave before you can. You're still trapped. You're just still crushed in. Of course. Really, yeah. So I took forever. And then when I get to our seats, there's nobody there, the people that I went with. So I'm scared they left me there. And why, why wouldn't I be? There's just nobody at my seats. Um, and by an incredible coincidence, I bumped into people from my neighborhood. So I decide the safe thing would be to go home with them. I know they're going home to my neighborhood. I know I'll get home safe. The people that took me there borrowed my parents' car. <laughs> So when they get home to my parents' house, they say, well, we lost your son, but your car is fine. <laughs> Which to them was probably the more important thing, especially uh -huh. your dad. <laughs> wow. Uh, and what did they say? <laughs> they, they said, we, they wait, actually waited until there were no more cars left. They waited in a lot for me until- But they did you get home before them? No, I, I took the trains and everything. Oh, you went. You just went home with people from the neighborhood, but you took the train, right? Yeah. Who'd you bump into? Bacardi, right? No, I think it was like Frank Lee and Pete Conley, that crowd. Uh, not, not, not Piggy, right? Uh, I don't think Piggy was there. Piggy was only handball. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorites. <laughs> Good story. Yep. I mean, get. So, what was it? Snyder that borrowed? Was it the doctor that borrowed the car? 
No, none of us were driving at that time. It was um, Snyder's brother-in-law. Billy? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can you imagine having to go home and tell a kid's parents, <laughs> here's your car, we lost your son? <laughs> <laughs> I would, they would probably hand my dad the keys and run away. <laughs> Again, even though the content I'm sure was great, the story sometimes the story is so much more important than just the concert. It's the event that makes it. Well, that story is is one of the classics. <laughs> yep. All right, so I'm gonna go with one now. I, I, do I say it or do I leave it for you? <laughs> Depends. I don't know uh, what makes you think we have the same thing. The odds are all the concerts in the world. What are the odds of us having the same shows, honestly? All right. I'm going to go for it then. You ready? Is it a show that you went to or you took part in? Took part in. <laughs> it could be my number one. Anyway. All right. So I'm not, I'll, I'll leave it for you and then I'll elaborate on it. Okay. All right. So since I'm going to give you my number one, I'm going to break the rule then and do something. I'm going to, my next two are going to be the same band. Okay, so my number two is Kiss Madison Square Garden, 1979, July 25th, 1979. My first show ever, five years old, the Dynasty Tour. Had no idea why I was even going there. My brother was a big Kiss fan. My, my parents were taking us. Had no idea Kiss who Kiss was. I, I don't even think I knew what music was yet. Went there, could care less, wanted a hot dog, went into the stadium, got my hot dog. I was a chubby kid, was eating my hot dog, walked through the curtains, got this weird smell like skunk. It was now that I now I know, of course, it was marijuana. And for the next two hours, when the when Kiss hit the stage, I was my obviously, you know, the story, my life changed complete, complete in awe, explosions and sound and music and pyro and lights and just i couldn't believe what i was watching that moment changed my life i had to put it on even though it's i wouldn't say it's one of my favorite concerts because i really don't remember the concert that much i'm five years old but i i remember the feeling that i had more than the actual songs because again i didn't even know the songs at that time looking back yeah of course i know all the songs but at that time when you don't when you go to a concert and you don't know the songs you don't, it doesn't stick in your memory that much, but I remember the feeling I had. And of course the, the impression that it had on me. So that's my number two. I'm breaking the rules. You son of a bitch. When I was five years old, I didn't even know what music was. And probably for almost a decade later <laughs> until I was 14, did I have any interest in music at all? I think it has something to do with having older siblings. Yeah, I don't listen. I don't think I probably would have been the same way. I don't think I would have ever been introduced to anything like Kiss or rock music if it wasn't for my older brother, who is your age, basically. So it, it I think the same way for, probably for you. If you had an older brother, you probably would have gotten to stuff a little earlier. When I would say 12 years old, uh, the older kids on my block were asking me, do I like any music? I said, no, why would I want to? be home listening to music when I could be out in the street playing stickball. Right. Yeah. And it's a very valid question. <laughs> Two years later, that was a totally different thing. Yeah. Totally different. Right. 
All right, we're up to your number one, Ern. Let's recap. So we got number five, Dio and Rough Cut, of course. Uh, we're not sure where it was because he can't Google. 1986, we believe. Number four, Springsteen, 1980. I'm sorry, Dio was 1986. Bruce Springsteen, 1984, Giant Stadium. Number three, ZO2 at Lemoore, 2008. Number two, Ozzy and Metallica, the infamous Ernie's Missing Story. All right, Ern, you're number one. I think I know it. What do you got? Also at Lemoore, the original Lemoore. Yep. A playground. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to guess 1992. Uh, 91. April? No, Jesus. April 26, 1991. That's what I meant to say. 1991. <laughs> <laughs> explain the way what was going through my feelings at this time i thought my friends were going to make it and be on mtv and start living that life and they were going to take me with them so this and and i was positive 100 positive this was going to happen so of course and this was this was it so how could this not be my number one the way i was feeling right now i mean i didn't want it i never wanted to be vince from entourage I wanted to be turtle. <laughs> you would definitely are turtle, Ern. This was my chance. Not even chance. It was a guarantee in my mind. I was so positive that it was all going to happen. Especially after that show and during that show. That was like, that would have been my number two, just so you know. I, 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 I let you have it. Um, it was the peak of Playground, of course. Again, just like you said. We're young, we're innocent. This is our, you know, kind of our, all of our first bands. We're, we're in Lamore, which is really the biggest thing in the world to us in our neighborhood. That's, you know, everyone plays there. Metallica played there, you know, Ozzy, uh, Skid Row played there. All these bands that we know played there, Anthrax and, you know, Iron Maiden and all these bands. So to play Lamore, you made it. You basically made it. You know, I don't know what the hell that means exactly, made it, but. We thought we made it. Not only that, but I I believe, and you, I think you, I think you told me this that we held the record for the the biggest crowd for unsigned for an unsigned band that night, right? Yeah, until Biohazard came around, right? So, and and you know, the place was again. I saw Paul Stanley there two years earlier. the The night that Playground played Lamore, it was just as crowded. And even crazier because it was all of our friends and fans and families. And, you know, I felt, think how you felt that we were going to take you to take over the world. I was in the band. We were ready to take over the world. We knew 
that we were going to be big until, of course, you missed that rehearsal and we broke up. It probably meant more for me than for you because you would still have to do work. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> well, I'm the drummer. I didn't do that much work. <laughs> you know, if I had, a, if we were allowed to pick the band more than once, this probably would all have been playground. <laughs> all, all, I, I would have had, yeah, I would have had multiple stuff, different stuff. But I mean, I'm glad I didn't pick it because, again, I didn't attend that show. I was part of it. So I'm glad I didn't really uh, pick that on my list. But again, it was one of my most memorable memorable nights of my career. Just all the effort that put in we put into putting on this show and selling tickets and rehearsing and, and getting ready for this show. It all climaxed to what we thought was the best show we've ever had in front of a sold-out Lamore. It was incredible. And I think it was right after Bond Street, which was another <laughs> really good show. More chaos. Yep. Yeah. Again. Playground was firing on all cylinders. Every show was a party and selling out. You know, you, you hear stories about the Sunset Strip and all those, those days back then with all those bands playing. I look back at our Playground days and feel the same way. We had that vibe at all of our shows in the neighborhood and in Brooklyn when we were doing our shows because of the party atmosphere. It wasn't just, oh, there's a band on stage. It was a day event party for everyone that came we were renting out buses <laughs> <clears throat> right renting out buses partying in the back of u-hauls partying at at houses afterwards to all hours of the you know two three days later not sleeping it was it was exactly the rock and roll life you would think it was you know hearing about it yep good <clears throat> great pick Ern. great pick all right my number one so let me recap. So I got number five, Bon Jovi, Madison Square Garden, 1987. Number four, Ace Fraley at the Beacon Theater, also 1987. Number three, Paul Stanley at Lemoore, 1989. Number two, Kiss at Madison Square Garden, 1979. Okay, I got to break the rule. This is, uh, this. I attended this and was part of this. This was... One of the best nights of my life. Incredible. All my dreams came true right into this, this moment. Opening up for Kiss the first time, San Antonio, Texas, June 10th, night, uh, 2004. I'm not even going to say my part of the show, which was really the better part for me. I'm going to say the actual Kiss concert that night was my favorite show that I ever attended. Not only because we just opened for Kiss, but... I got to see Kiss first time in the front row ever. You know, we were in the front row. We were basically, you know, superstars in the front row. Everyone in the front row let us cut them. They knew us. We just got off stage too, you know, half an hour earlier before Poison. So we were standing in the front. Gene and Paul and all the Kiss guys are, you know, waving to us, giving us a thumbs up, telling us what a good job we just did while, while we're screaming, you know, about them on stage so it just it was the the culmination of everything that i ever worked for in my life in that moment we i got to see my idols playing in front of me from the front row right after i got off stage i couldn't have asked for anything more thinking of that time period where i had off for the summer and you approached me said you needed a driver to drive to drive an rb and go to every one of the shows like, and I was like, that sounds incredible. And I have off the whole summer. 
And so I, I mentioned it to my wife. Say, what do you think? Who happens to be um, <laughs> about to have our first child? And was she, she said, wait? Was she pregnant then? She, she, no, she was more than pregnant. Her, our first child was coming. Oh my god! It, um, she gave birth in August. Oh my god! And I said, "What do you think about <laughs> me doing this?" She said, "She said if you do this, when I get when I get back, she won't be here." <laughs> Did you still have to think about it? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <I'm so laughs> it, again, Ernie. Obviously, we had Musk as the driver. You were one of the guys I went to early on. I would I would have loved for you to be on that tour with us. You would have you would have lost your mind, Ern. Obviously, you had a little thing going on at home. I understand, but it was uh, you would have remembered it forever. Uh, it, that's okay. Musk did a great job. So yeah, <laughs> there's the shirt right there. Looks great. Ah, good one. All right, so if you had, give me, uh, give me one or two honorable mentions if you have them. An eighty-eight monsters of rock. Woo, that's one of mine too. I was there, Giant Stadium, right? Uh, yeah, Van Halen, Scorpions, Dokken, Metallica, and Kingdom Come. That was the first time I really noticed how nuts Metallica fans are. Was yeah. that was that show? Uh, Motley Crue with Loudness in '85. Ooh, that's a good show. Wow, I didn't see that. Well, it was my second concert ever. And me at 15 years old, I was Motley Crue crazy. Where I actually had to um, run to Zigzag when Theater of Pain was released. I was waiting there in the store for them to come with the, open the boxes and everything. Crap album in retrospect. Oh. <laughs> no, nah, I think it's better than people. I, I agree. It's not one of, it's not, you know, after the first two, it was, it was crap, but... It's better than people think. If you go back and listen to it, it's just still a pretty good record. It's the worst out of the Vince Neil albums. Uh, th those first five Vince Neil albums, I should say. Mm, yeah, it is, but it's still pretty good. I agree with it that it's the worst one of the five. Then, of course, one of my heroes, um, Billy Joel in 86. Ooh, where was, was that? I don't know. It was far. <laughs> It's true. When you're a kid, you don't know. You're just getting in a car and going, right? Yeah, exactly. I don't know where I'm being taken. <laughs> I don't care. But Billy Joel was one of my my here my gods as a teenager, as you know. So, of course, yeah, '86 would be. I would have loved to see Billy Joel then. Yeah, great picks, good stuff. Yeah, Monsters of Rock was one of my picks too. Uh, went with again. I'm only 14 years old. Went with my brother and all his friends. We had like a a booze bus, a keg bus. We all went on just you know chaos it was just one of my first big arena shows it was at giant stadium could barely see the bands but it was just the, the so memorable just memorable because uh it was it was seeing all those bands and seeing the the, the massive massive stadium with all these these bands in it great great show i remember if i remember correctly scorpions were killer 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 that night right yeah they were great, but, but Metallica is what sticks out of my head because the place, the crowd, the fans, the crowd was going so yep. dangerously crazy. My yep. first time, my first time witnessing people putting themselves in danger. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't really a Metallica fan yet at this point. I was still into, you know, lighter stuff, but I still appreciated them. But yeah, it was it was pretty crazy when Metallica was on. That's for sure. Couple other ones of mine. Again, what, another one that I was part of didn't attend. Zo two at Webster Hall. We had the opening premiere party for se season two of Z Rock. 
just a great show. It was so much fun. We had a sold out Webster Hall. It was the season premiere of uh, uh, Z-Rock for season two. It was just a party. It was just a great time. Again, all the hard work we put in just kind of uh, escalated and, and uh, crescendoed to this point. It was just a great, great show to be part of. Not only play, but kind of semi be a part of too. Uh, I'm trying to think another really good one. Oh, God, there's so, there's so many. Um, I mean, all, so I mean, I've seen Kiss over 100 times. Kiss at Madison Square Garden, 1987 on the Crazy Nights tour. It was the first time my mom, now my mom is sick, sick of taking me to concerts and wrestling at this point. I'm 13 years old. She finally tells me, oh, listen, I'm not, forget it. F you, I'm not taking you again. Go yourselves. You and your friends can go yourselves. I said, Ma, I can go all the way to the Meadowlands by myself? She's like, yeah, it'll be all right. So we took the bus to the train into Manhattan Port Authority, took the Port Authority bus to the Meadowlands. We were 13. And my other two friends might have even been 12 at this point. But again, that experience, I remember her telling me, when you're in Times Square, hold on to each other and don't look anyone in the eyes. <laughs> I'm still scared to take a trip like that. Of course. And I, I remember being on the train on the way home at like one in the morning in Times Square. We were like this. 13 years old. <laughs> oh but again, the show was great, but it was, it was the experience of like getting there and knowing it was my first show by myself was a lot of fun. Another good one, Anthrax at Lemoore. 1988, I believe, was my first time at Lemoore ever. My brother took me. Before we even got into the show, I, we were walking down the street to Lemoore, 62nd Street, and this, this gang of skinheads are basically approaching this gang of, like, metalheads, and these two guys meet in the center of, of the street, and this little skinhead, about five foot two, cracks this metalhead head who was about six foot four in the head with a pipe, and all hell breaks loose. We walked right in, went, went past him, and went right into Lemoore's. That's how, that's how my night started. It was like, wow. This is awesome. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> this is a good one, Ern. Good time talking about uh, shows. Let's everyone email us your favorite concert you've ever attended in your life. Email us at top five with Joey Casada at gmail.com. That's top five with Joey Casada at gmail.com. If you're watching us on YouTube, please leave comments. If you're listening to us on Spotify or, or iTunes, Leave us a review. Leave us comments. It always helps us out. Buy a top five T-shirt on Amazon.com now. Uh, Ern, any last words? Uh, nope. Keep going with those concerts. You got anything coming up? Uh, I don't know. I have to ask my wife. <laughs> well, if I need a driver for any any tours coming up, I'll, I'll, I'll call you. You got it. All right, Ern. Get out of here. I'll see you next time.